Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That is Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. I am your host, Sandra Flack. Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. I am so thankful to have you with me today. Um, Here we are. It's the end of October. For me, it's been a couple of crazy months and I would like to take this episode to um, get you caught up in what's going on in 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 my world and if you're a regular follower of this podcast you know I've been doing a lot of traveling a lot of things going on um, but I also have a message uh, that's been stirring inside of me that I wanted to share with you because it's really been something uh, the Lord has been speaking to me and I want to share it with you and hopes that it would be an encouragement for you on your parenting journey. But before we get to that, I'd love for you to check out um, this commercial about some vital resources we have for your parenting journey. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. In addition to our online support group, um, we have some trainings coming up for you. Um, If you are interested in learning more about fetal alcohol spectrum disorders, which is really a condition that affects um, a very large portion of the adoption and foster care community, though a lot of our kiddos are not adequately, accurately diagnosed, um, or they're not diagnosed at all. So um, I have a three-hour session where I'm going to teach on FASD. It's an online session that is on Wednesday, November 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, to explore the symptoms of FASD, um, kind of use the neurobehavioral model to discuss different um, applications and accommodations to help our kiddos be successful. Uh, There is a link in the show notes um, to the to this podcast, if you want to learn more, to go to our website because we have we have the uh, the, the support group journey, um, and hope for the FASD journey support group. We have um, I've started to do coaching with families if you want more of a one on one, and I also do online and in person workshops. So you can check it all out at our um, on our website at justicefororphansny.org. Um, also, be sure to subscribe or follow this podcast. Um, of course, we are on all of the 
major podcast platforms, but we are now releasing these episodes on YouTube. So if you want to watch these podcasts, um, you can do that as well. So by following uh, following them, watching them, that really helps this uh, resource get out there to the more families who are on this journey. So now to something that's been on my heart, I I opened with the 23rd Psalm, the first three verses there, because um, they've really been speaking to me, you know, when I hear to lie down in green pastures and um, sit beside still waters and restore my soul. My whole being has been longing for that kind of rest. Um, like I said, the past couple of months have been just crazy, a good crazy, but crazy, you know, can still be crazy. Um, if you've been following me that you know some of my journeys, September was a month full of travel. I flew down to Atlanta at the beginning of September to record um, some FASD training sessions with the folks at FaithBridge. And I also got to speak at their conference with their families um, and share about FASD there. And then I was home for just a week. And then I flew down to uh, D.C. for the FASD United Affiliate Summit. So I got to spend a few days there, which was really wonderful. I got to meet in person people that I've only ever met online. Um, so Kat Meinhart from Kansas and um Susan, um, oh my goodness, I'm going blank, from Indiana. She's our our lead. Um, she has the affiliate network. Dr. Um, Chrissy Petrenko and Dr. Douglas Waite. And I got to pal around with um, Rebecca Tulu and um, and uh, my new buddy Holly from Kansas as well. And, and so many others I got to meet in person. Um, so it was such an incredible time, but I had to leave there um, early, that conference was still going on when I left and flew to Oklahoma City um, and went to um, the CAFO summits that I go to every year. I've gone to every year for, I lose track now, 13, 14 years, something like that. Um, and that was incredible. And then I flew home and was only home a few days. And we had our annual fundraising gala for our nonprofit, which if you've ever done anything like that. It's it's like planning a wedding. And I have an incredible team. Um, Kathy, who's my assistant director with me, um, she really leads JFO with me. Um, and she has a team of people behind her and they just did an incredible job with our fundraiser. But it was exhausting um, nonetheless. Uh, and then there's all the year-end things you have to do after that. Um, and then as soon as that was over, within a few days, um, my daughter, Missy, and her husband um, and their baby, Killian, from from uh, Wyoming, flew into New York to spend uh, a couple of weeks with us. And if you've followed our story at all, you know that last summer, um, he was born a year, he's a year old now. So um, last year in 2022, he was born in June and he had a congenital heart defect and had several open heart surgeries. And I was flying out to Denver where he was having those surgeries quite a bit. And um, it was kind of crazy. So for, for them to come home and be able to spend a couple of weeks with us was wonderful. It was such a blessing. Um, but you know how that is. You have family in and you're doing all these things and, um, you know, on top of your regular routine. So that was a little crazy because I do homeschool our youngest teen, um, you know, still had to work and record podcasts and do things. And then, um, attended two weddings also while they were here. Um, and we have a, a another wedding planned um, for 
November, our, our one of our sons is getting married um, in November. So we're super excited about that. Um, and also had a couple of parties to, to celebrate and family portraits taken. So it was just a whirlwind of activity. So, you know, I, I valued so much this year when I went to CAFO, as exhausted as I was, because it was the last few days of my traveling for the month. Um, the theme of CAFO this year, they have a theme every year, if you've ever been, it's the Christian Alliance for Orphans Summit. Um, and the theme this year was unhurried, living for the long view. And that really stuck with me this year because um, I'm going to read to you, actually, let me read this to you. So, so when you go to the Christian Alliance for Orphans Summit, there's always the, you know, the conference booklet that you have with all the workshops and stuff in it. And um, in the front cover, and you can see it might show up backwards to you, but it's unhurried living with the long view. Um, the president of CAFO, Jed Medifind, had a little bit, he wrote, there was a message printed inside um, about that. And I want to just read that to you to kind of set the stage for what I'm going to talk about. So this was, this is not me. This is, this is Jed Medifind's message. He says, Jesus faced all that we face and more. He poured himself out daily, sometimes to exhaustion. Jesus lived relentlessly on mission. Jesus's life and ministry showed none of that white knuckled urgency that often marks ours. He gave himself entirely to the person before him, eyes, ears, and heart. An unhurried life grows only from a certain way of seeing a very different sense of time and of God's work in it. All that Jesus said and did reveal this way of seeing. One could call it the long view, a field of vision that includes not just hours and days or even years, but decades and ultimately God's eternity. Living with the long view will ultimately yield far more compelling results than hurry ever could. Day by day, our own experience of life will change. We become lighter and freer too, liberated from the anxious and relentless motion of hurry. You can see how that was resonating with me, especially during this, this time, this season of such busyness. Um, like Jesus, we too work hard, but we're able to rest, right? Because he rested. We're externally active. We can be internally calm like Jesus was. We value and prize time with others, but we must take time alone with God first. We care deeply about human suffering and pour out in faithful service, but we don't have to feel compelled to address all needs all at once. We might engage large crowds, but focus especially on a few people or just one. So Jed closes with, and amidst a world of anxious motion and urgent needs, we'll grow together in all that it means to live, love, and serve with the long view always before us. So his message, um, because the opening keynote he spoke and actually did a message on this very topic, which I will put a link in the show notes because that is on, is on YouTube. But you know, when I came home from KFO and all the traveling was done, um, life still felt frantic. Like I really thought 
let me just get all the trips out of the way and then I'll be home and I can rest and things will be fine. But like I said, between the gala and, and family stuff and rushing everywhere, um, there, there was even this one day because I, I bring our youngest, I homeschool him. He, he's a teenager and I homeschool him and then bring him to school every day, um, our high school in the afternoon for a work-based learning program. And just the way the schedule, they set it up this year, he goes in it. It's alternating days. So some days it's 11.10, he has to be there. And some days it's 11.50. And this one week after I came back and I'm trying to juggle all of these things, one day I got him there and I realized I got him there at the wrong time. And I just felt so hurried. And I, after he got out of the car um, and went into the school, I just was turning the car around to leave the parking lot. And I'm like, Lord, this is the opposite of unhurried. And I don't want my life to be all of this chaos. Um, I don't want to live at at this pace. Um, I wasn't able to rest. I wasn't, you know, feeling calm. I was, I was having my morning quiet time with the Lord. I've always, I have a long-standing practice of my time with the Lord in the morning. But even that was beginning to feel rushed because I had all these other things to do. And and that week when my daughter and her family were in town, I was getting up extra early to try to get my work done before we would have company and whatnot. And it was just crazy um, and, and chaotic. So can you relate? Can you relate to that? Are you feeling hurried and frazzled and worried? And, you know, how do we stop? How do we stop the worry? Because by mid-October, my, my heart, my mind, my body, all of me was just aching to rest. I longed for time away. I kept just craving. I just want to, I want to just have that quiet and, and stay in that space and linger and not have to rush from thing to thing to thing. And um, if you are a regular listener of this podcast, you know that my family, we have, we have a, a camp up in the Adirondack mountains. We live in New York state, upstate New York. And far upstate, three hours from where we live, we have a camp. Um, and we often go there just to retreat for weekends or for sometimes for a week at a time. And uh, so we hadn't been there since Labor Day. So I just longed to go there because I know that there is a slower pace and it's quiet and it's always so nurturing and, and ministering to me because it is a quiet, slower pace. Um, even our son, Slava, our youngest son, who has a really hard time, he needs quiet. Um, he prefers to be at camp. He'll always say, I want to go to camp. And then when we're at camp, he doesn't want to come home from camp because he knows the pace is slower. And it's just um, it's just a lot of self-care in that environment. And so we all just want to be there. We can't live life from there, but we try to get there as much as possible. And it had been so long since we had been there, it felt like. We, I dropped our daughter off um, and her family at the airport early Saturday morning and then drove um, up to our camp to spend the weekend. And, um, you know, we really needed that time of rest. Uh, and you might not have a place that you can get away to. And I don't think that you have to um, just get away. Although I do have to say, if you can ever get away, um, it's it's vital, right? It, it is vital part of self-care, a vital part of, of soul care. But no matter where we are, right? We can have rest for our souls. We can be restored. We can sit beside still waters, right? Um, 
we can stop the hurry and that frazzled, frantic pace and the worry um, of life. Um, we can slow down. And I have a, a couple of things that I want to share that I discovered um, can be helpful with that. Um, so the first thing that I'm going to share with you, because if, if this any of this resonates with you, if you're living a crazy pace, and, and for those of us who are parenting children with trauma histories, which if you're an adoptive or foster parent, a kinship caregiver, you are. Um, if you're like me, parenting kids that are older, I've been doing this for many, many, many years, and our youngest two um, have fetal alcohol spectrum disorders and it's hard. It's it's there's there's not an empty nest really in sight anytime in the near future. So how do we not just be frazzled and running at a crazy pace? How can we live that unhurried, um, you know, live that unhurried lifestyle where we're living with the long view, we're living with eternity in mind? Um, because I don't think Jesus, you know, ran around being frazzled and and hurried and anxious and he didn't live at a frantic pace. So a couple of things that, that I feel to share is scripture is first and foremost. Um, we need to allow uh, intimate, the intimate word of God. We need to have that time, right? We need to give it time to penetrate our heart and soul. So we have to spend time in the word of God. We need to read it, not like I got to get my devotions done or I have to get my Bible study done before I go to Bible study or they'll know I didn't do my homework, right? We need to read it like a love letter that we need to read it expecting the Lord to minister to us through it. We need to um, listen for God in it. We need to be still and know that he is God. We need to sit with his word, meditate on it, memorize it. It will restore your soul. Um, read a psalm a day because I, I I had been reading through one of the books of the Bible and I was using a concordance and taking notes and that was I and I'm still trying to get through that one. It's one of the Gospels, um, but I was finding that it was becoming more tedious, like a homework assignment, even though I was getting a lot out of it. And during this frazzled time, when I felt like I just didn't have time to sit with a big thick concordance and and my Bible and, and journal, all of that. It's an ongoing process. You know, I'm still, I'm still going through it, but I needed something that was really that I could just sit with the word of God. So I started reading the Psalms again um, and just a Psalm each morning and just sitting in that um, praying it, um, speaking it out loud to the Lord, depending on what the Psalm is um, spending time in the word of God, not as a duty or something to check off our list, but like we're reading a love letter written to us. We need time in God's word because that's where we experience him. Also spending time in creation. Um, like I said, we like to go up to our camp, but we're in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the mountains. We're near a little pond. Um, sometimes we can go to different lakes nearby. We go on hikes. We just sit outside by the campfire. Um, this year when we went up, um, we just went up this time I was telling you about after all of the crazy. Um, I was I was sad on my way up. I was excited to go, but I was a little bit sad because we live in upstate New York where it's beautiful this time of year in the autumn, in the fall with all the beautiful foliage. And we live just far enough downstate. I live in the capital region area where it was just getting to be peak foliage season, but I knew going up to our camp, it was 
past peak. Like I wasn't going to get to see the vibrant colors up there. Um, but when we got up there, while most of the trees had lost their leaves or some of them that just still had leaves were brown, there was one tree right near our camp that was all red. It was like it waited for me. I was. I took a picture of it. I posted it on social media. Um, it, I was like, it waited for me. It knew I needed to come there and see it. But I find being in that nature is so, it ministers to me, right? So go for a walk. You might not have a, a camp to go to, but go for a walk out in nature, right? Or a hike. Um, if you have a porch or a deck, sit out there and have coffee or sit out there and do your morning quiet time out there where you can listen for the birds. I got a bird app on my phone this year so I could identify the different birds this summer that I was hearing just from my own porch at home. Take a scenic drive. Sit by a river or by a lake or by a stream, but get out there in nature. Find a place to just stop and smell the roses, as they say, right? Acknowledge it acknowledge it on purpose, take in the beauty of God's creation and give God the glory. Praise the Lord for that beauty of nature all around you, whether you're just looking at your vegetable garden or you're looking at plants growing or a tree, um, the water, a sunset, a sunrise, whatever it is, stop and take notice of the nature around you and praise the Lord for it. On our way home from camp that day, um, it was raining on and off and and the sun would come out and it was crazy. We saw three rainbows, Slava and I, on our way home. And it was his birthday. The day we drove home from camp to come home was his birthday. And he was, I was making such a big deal out of the rainbows. He was convinced God was sending them as a gift for his birthday. It was just, it was amazing. And that's what it felt like. Um, but we needed to take that time to to take a deep breath, savor it, relish in it. Um, and that will help. It helps me to feel closer to the Lord when I'm acknowledging his creation all around. Um, so that's, so that's, we've got scripture, we've got, you know, taking time to savor creation, but also practice Sabbath and solitude. I said it, Sabbath and solitude, um, before I went to CAFO, I had gotten a book, which I have here with me. It's called Sacred Rhythms. It's probably backwards, right? If you're watching the video, Sacred Rhythms, Arranging Our Lives for Spiritual Transformation by Ruth Haley Barton. I've read some of her other books and I saw this one and I thought, Sacred Rhythms, I feel like I need that, right? And so I ordered it, it came and I thought, well, this will be the book I bring with me because I'm doing all this traveling and all this flying and I can read the book, you know, on the airplane or in the airport or whatever. Having, I mean, I I, I had read somewhere that the, the theme of CAFO was unhurried, but I was probably so hurried, I wasn't really paying attention to that. But at CAFO, I felt like the Lord was sort of tapping me on the shoulder, reminding me like, yeah, you're getting the message because it's it's lining up, you know, that unhurried life and sacred rhythms. And in in the Sacred Rhythms book, um, Ruth Haley Barton talks about the Sabbath, right? Working six days and resting one day, like real rest. Um, we have five days of working our job. If we have a job that we go to, if, if you think about having, um, whether it's Monday through Friday, people have all different different 
schedules and I work from home. So, um, but say you have five days of work and then you have a day for household chores. If you spend your Saturday doing things around the house and then that we have that, you know, for many of us, it's Sunday, right? We have that day of rest. We get up, we go to church um, and then maybe come home and read a book or take a nap or go for a walk or who are we kidding? A lot of us end up rushing off to church, doing whatever our ministry obligations are there. If you have church obligations there and then rushing home and you have to figure out lunch or dinner, and then you're trying to still catch up Oops, on all of the chores. Uh, and it's not very restful. Um, I'm, I am guilty of that too. So Sabbath rest and solitude don't sound very realistic in the world that we live in or parenting the children that we're parenting, right? But, right, Sabbath rest was God's idea. He practiced it himself. Um, and I feel like if the infinite God took a Sabbath rest, how much more so than we finite beings that we are, how much more so do we need a Sabbath rest? And we can be intentional about it. These things don't just happen. I have learned nothing just happens without a goal and a plan. Um, earlier this year, I actually got a um, a life coach that I've been working with a couple times a month. And it. I always knew like, oh, I'll set goals and I'll do all this stuff at the beginning of the year. And But I I wasn't really good at executing those goals or working the steps towards it and having a life coach, you have accountability because you have to meet with your life coach. And then they're asking, she's asking me like, okay, so all these goals that we talked about, where are you at with this, that, and the next thing. So then I'm realizing, you know, in between the meetings, I'm like, oh, I have to work on this goal because she's going to ask me about it. I'm going to be accountable. Right. So the same thing with Sabbath rest and even solitude, it doesn't just happen unless you're very intentional about it. And maybe you need Maybe you need somebody to be accountable to. So that's something that you can keep in mind. But to really get that rest that we need on the Sabbath. So it could be on Sunday or it could be another day during the week. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the whole entire day, right? But unplug. I find that being connected to our our device constantly and guilty of it when you, when you have a nonprofit and you have a ministry and you have all the things that we're doing. We're always checking social media and checking the numbers and checking the stats and making the posts and and sending the email and checking for so it's it can be very chaotic. But on on your Sabbath day, if you choose, say you choose it, say it's Sunday for you, right? Unplug for part of the day, even if it's just part of the day. Unplug. Don't check the email. Don't go on social media. Just unplug from it. Take a nap. Read that book that you've been wanting to read. Take a walk in nature. Do something to rest your mind and your body, right? I give you permission. God gives you permission. Take time to recharge. We can't keep up this frantic pace. It's not good for us and it's not good for the children that we're raising. Mamas, we need Sabbath rest. Even if we just take that part of a Sunday, or we take an hour out of the Sunday, 30 minutes every day would even be nice, right? 
take that Sabbath rest, be intentional about getting some rest and don't pack all seven days with so much activity that you're not getting that rest because it will wear you down. Now, solitude. Newsflash. We live overstimulated, exhausting, busy lives. I live that kind of life. Um, Throughout my crazy September and October, I found myself longing for rest, wanting to just sit in my quiet time with the Lord and not leave it. Like I didn't want to rush off. I wanted to stay there with the Lord. Um, I was becoming increasingly aware that the time I was not spending as long as I normally would spend. Um, It just wasn't enough to sustain the chaos, the busy pace that I was in. And I wanted more time with the Lord, more quiet. I actually did want solitude. I think that's why my whole body just craved wanting to go up to our camp because I knew there it's like solitude. Um, Ruth Haley Barton in her book, Sacred Rhythms, I have a couple of quotes I wanted to read um, along these lines. Solitude is a place inside myself where God's spirit and my spirit dwell together in union. And see, I think sometimes, this is me talking, sometimes when we're not taking that time and that solitude and spending time with the Lord, we're we're missing out on what he has for us. We're missing out on what he's trying to tell us. We miss out, Right. And then Ruth Halley Barton also says, quote, silence deepens our experience of solitude. So that quiet time where we can spend in solitude, it is, to me, it's it's soul care. It's vital. It is vital. She also says, in solitude, we allow God to help us. Have you... I have you, but I know me, I'm, I've been crying out to the Lord on a whole host of things that are going on in my life, spending time in prayer and just agonizing over some things and praying over some things and worrying over some things. Um, But if we sit with the Lord in quiet, he gives us answers that we don't pick up on when we're so busy, frantically running through our days, trying to fix everything ourselves. So how can we experience solitude? I know when I first thought about this and I was first reading the book, I'm like, yeah, right. Solitude, silence. It sounds like a dream. One of my kids the other day told me I was grounded and I'm like, wait, I can go to my room by myself for the rest of the night alone. Like, okay, send me, ground me. I'll be happy to be grounded. Um, And then we all laughed, but it sounded like such an invitation. So we have to intentionally set some moments of solitude in our day. And and if you can go away on a retreat by yourself, that would be wonderful. I have never been able to do that. I do a lot of travel and I do a lot of things, but to just have that solitude time. Um, I know some folks who, who do that and it's amazing, um, but somehow we have to be able to carve this time into our days. Um, so to experience silence, again, I think one vital thing that we need to do is unplug after you listen to this podcast, right? Unplug, 
right? Don't pick up your phone first thing in the morning. And I know lately with the world events going on in the news, I was finding myself several mornings for a couple of weeks, I would grab my cell phone to check the news before I even rolled out of bed. And that wasn't even common practice for me. But I, I knew overnight with the time difference between the United States and Israel, things may have happened and I was trying to follow what was going on and I was praying. And um, But I was then on my device before my feet even hit the floor, right? Don't pick up that phone first thing in the morning and start checking and scrolling and doing things because then we're already distracted before the day even starts. Don't bring your phone into your quiet time. Now, I know a lot of us have our our Bible app, right? My phone is sitting right here. I know a lot of us have our phone on our Bible, our Bible app on our phone. Um, but during our quiet time, if we're reading our Bible from our phone and we get an email alert or a text message or whatever is beeping and dinging us, we're distracted already. So find your good old fashioned hard copy Bible and use that in your quiet time and leave your phone in another room or silence it or turn it off. Don't have it with you because it's a distraction. It'll distract. And I am, I am guilty of this because I was realizing that I'd be sitting there reading my Bible and then I'd be like, oh, that's such a good verse. I think I'll post it on social media this morning with that picture I took yesterday. And then before I knew it, I was on Instagram and then forget it, right? That connection, that that quiet I was having with the Lord was already, I was distracted. And it happens a lot and it happens when we're not being intentional. So get rid of that thing during your quiet time. Give the Lord your undivided attention. And I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to you all here. Get in a comfortable spot. You know, I, I always have my little spot that I like to go to with my blanket. I have my basket with which has all my Bible study things in it. Get your get to that comfy spot where you want to be. Make it inviting. Light a candle, whatever whatever works for you. Have your cup of coffee or your tea or whatever you need. Um, but also, we need to be able to sometimes not pray and tell the Lord all the things that we want, but just sit with him. So not asking, not telling, just sitting, maybe meditating on a verse, but just sitting with the Lord. Lord, what do you have for me today? What do you want me to do today? What do you want to say to me right now? I'm listening and just sit at his feet and wait and hear for him, from him. Just sit and listen, right? Try to practice solitude daily, even again, if it's just during your quiet time in the morning or sometime during the day, even if it's just 15 minutes, even if it's whatever you can carve out, whatever you can carve out, or at least solitude and silence once a week somewhere. It doesn't have to be long, but it should be intentional. And our focus should be the Lord, right? Just like we might crave a date night with our husband or just coffee with a girlfriend or whatever it might be, we need to crave and carve out that time with the Lord and spend that time with him. We have to be intentional. And when we take the time to soak up the goodness of God, we first of all 
receive that calm that we crave because the hurry stops. And then secondly, we have something to offer others, be it our children, our family, whoever, because our cup has been filled up and we have something to pour out instead of just being constantly in the red, so to speak. Choosing to live unhurried, sitting in God's presence, that's where we find the green pastures and the still waters where our soul is restored. And it's not only for us, again, it's not only what we need, but our kids need that. As parents and caregivers raising kids with trauma histories and possible prenatal exposure to alcohol or other drugs, they need the unhurried life just as much as we do. And they need that from us, right? I was thinking about another verse, Exodus 14, uh, verses 13 through 14, um, where the children of Israel, right, they were they were in a hurry. They were fleeing Egypt. They had the, the Egyptians pursuing them. So I'm sure that they were frazzled. They were hurried. They were looking for answers, right? It was probably crazy and chaotic. And they were feeling rushed. And what was the word that God had for them in Exodus 14? Verse, verse 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to keep still. Keep still. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to keep still. Right? I was, when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness. I'm trying, I'm frazzled, I'm running around, I'm trying to solve all these problems, I'm trying to do all of this stuff, I'm trying to figure it all out, I'm rushing from place to place to place, and praying and asking the Lord for solutions and strategies, and what do I do about this kid, and what, and, and then I read this, and it says, the Lord will take care of it, just be still, just be still, right? In Sacred Rhythms, Ruth Haley Barton says, and this is a quote from her book, one of the fundamental purposes of solitude is to give us a concrete way of entering into such sil such stillness so that God can come in and do what only God can do. And she's referring to that verse from, from Exodus 14 to just be still and God will fight for you. And sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to be still and let God come in and do what he only he can do and we just need to sit still and let him do it we need to get out of the way so to speak right sometimes i'm so busy running around fighting and fixing that i don't stop and realize who the fighter and the fixer is really because it's not me right it's the lord and we need to take time and sometimes we need to get out of the way and not mess it up right be still and know that I am God, right? The word says that too. When we are still and, and rest in him and trust in him, then he can show up and do what only he can do. And that also reminds me of our kids. I know with my when I train parents and caregivers um, of kiddos with FASD, we talk about slowing down our kids often have a slower processing pace. So they can't take in a whole bunch of verbal information. 
Um, they need us to talk more slowly, use less words, give them one step directions at a time. Sometimes their memory, you know, they, they have poor short term memory. They have a difficult time self-regulating. And if we're living in a frantic pace and we're not self-regulated, our kids are not going to be self-regulated. If we're running around in a hurry and we're barking off orders and rules and, and directions and instructions and hurry up and get your coat and get this and get, you know, then they become very overwhelmed. I know this firsthand because one of my kiddos, I have to be very self-regulated with him myself, because if he senses I'm stressed uh, and all I have to do is say something like, um, you know, it's time to empty the dishwasher. He's like, you're mad. You're really mad. And you know, no, I'm just telling you that it's time to empty the dishwasher. But maybe I'm in a hurry because I we're home late and I need to make dinner and the kitchen sink is full of dishes and the dishwasher has the clean dishes and this needs to get done. And so maybe I'm acting a little frantic. He picks up on that. So then all of a sudden he's escalating because he's he's feeding off of my um dysregulation. So even with our kids this unhurried life works much better than our frantic, frazzled, hurried life, right? Our kids need us to slow down. They do. Um, my son does much better um, up at our camp. He asks to go there. When we get up there, he does not want to come home. And I he notices the difference because it's it's a it's an unhurried pace. We're in nature. It's slower and it's quieter. And he does better there. I do better there, right? So we can't always run away to a camp or to I would like to run away. <laughs> There's a lot of days where I want to run away, but realistically in our lives, we can't always just run away. So we have to bring that silence and solitude and unhurried life into our life. We have to be purposeful about making that happen. So, you know, will you join me? Will you join me in slowing down and practicing Sabbath and solitude and silence, spending time in the scriptures and living with the long view living with eternity in mind. I'll put the Sacred Rhythm book um, in the show notes so that you can find that. It's available wherever you like to get your books. It's called Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. Um, I'm still reading through it, but I know that this is a message that the Lord has for me in particular because um, I happened to order this book and bring it with me on all that traveling and then set at KFO and heard loud and clear what it was I was needing to do. And it just so happened that as I was reading the book, it was the same message, the same message. Also, if you would like to um, watch the YouTube message of Jed Benefin, the president of KFO, giving his keynote message the first night of KFO this year, all about unhurried right? Um, we'll put a link to that also in our show notes because you can go right on YouTube and watch it. Um, and I highly recommend that you do because it's not going to stop. The craziness is not going to stop. Um, 
unless we are intentional about wanting it to stop. It's better for us. It's better for our kids. Um, and it will draw us into spiritual growth and maturity um, and closer to the Lord. And we all need that. We all need to live with the long view in mind and in an unhurried pace. And we can do it if we're intentional about it. So I hope you were in encouraged uh, by my message today. Um, I'm looking forward to our November messages. November is National Adoption Month. So we have some great guests lined up uh, and our focus will be adoption. I know mostly all of you who are listening or watching this podcast are either adoptive or foster parents. You're in this space already, but I know you'll be really encouraged by the guests that we have on throughout the month of November. So I hope you will tune in um, for there because we really want to encourage you along your parenting journey because we know how hard it can be. We want to encourage you and equip you. So we have all of our resources on our website. We consider this podcast a resource, but we also have the resources um, for our for the FASD community. So we have the workshops online and in person, the support group, um, and we have coaching. Um, everything is there. There's other resources and information on there. Some videos that we have on there now that you can check out. Um, and and I'm here to support you um, and 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 to be able to provide you with tools and strategies and using the neurobehavioral model um, with our kids. Um, it's a brain-based approach. It it uh, matches perfectly with connected parenting, but it just takes it to the next level. If you're parenting a kiddo that has a neurobehavioral condition, um, whether it be FASD or something else, um, but especially if you have a child that you're caring for that was most likely prenatally exposed to alcohol or drugs, um, the neurobehavioral model is definitely that next level um, that you need to help support your kiddo and, and help them to be successful. So you can find all of our resources on our website. There's a link in the show notes. Um, again, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please, please subscribe or follow this podcast, whether you're listening or whether you're watching it on YouTube, make sure you're following that. You can also find us on social media at Justice for Orphans. We're both on Instagram and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn, um, as well as me personally, Sandra Flack. I'm on all of those platforms as well. And again, thank you for spending your time with me today. I am grateful to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast, brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.